and welcome to another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. My name is Lindsay Rutter, and I'm very excited for this week's episode. We're doing things a little differently. Normally, the Hand Me Up Club is a conversation between myself and someone else or two other people in the sustainable fashion industry. But with it being New Year's, I figured this would be a really great time to sort of look back on things that have happened in the Hand Me Up Club this year my sustainable New Year's resolutions, and also answer some questions that have been sent to me over the last week or two about sustainable fashion. So without further ado, let's get started. So let's get started. Sustainable New Year's resolutions. Reflecting back on 2019, my first sustainable New Year's resolution was to launch season one of the Hand Me Up podcast, Hand Me Up Club podcast by April. And I did launch season one of the podcast, didn't do it by April, but instead six months later in October, but it's out there. You're listening right now. I am going to give this resolution a pass. Not quite to the stipulations I was hoping for, but it's out there and I'm happy about that. Number two, host a clothing swap. Yes, this also happened. Uh, I hosted a clothing swap for the launch of the podcast. If you are listening to this right now, you probably came to the clothing swap and the launch party event. It was so much fun. I met so many cool people. I was able to get a lot of interesting pieces to add to my wardrobe. I was also able to offload some pieces that were no longer serving me and everything that was not claimed to a new home was recycled through Hubsy. I feel so good about that clothing swap. Uh, We're going to do another one. It'll probably be end of January, beginning of February for sort of a 2020 classic clear out, reset, party, launch thing, all those words. (laughs) Uh, So stay tuned and I will talk more about that as a location and a date and time get finalized. Number three, participate in slow fashion summer again. For the most part, yes. So if you're not familiar with slow fashion summer, it is sort of a collective action. It's through this website called Coal Action, where a bunch of people all work together to participate in something that they collectively care about. So with Slow Fashion Summer, the idea is you don't buy any new clothes for an entire summer. And for the most part, I was able to do this. I am on a dance team, as you learned in last week's episode with Rebecca Duckert. So I did have to buy some costume pieces for things like the Bride Parade that I hadn't really planned on. Uh, And also with Slow Fashion Summer, it's no new clothes, but I had also was going to try and challenge myself to not buy anything secondhand either. Uh, And I did make a couple secondhand purchases, so was not perfect. Gonna do it again this year, just like I have the last two years, and hopefully 2020, I am perfect, and I'm so happy about that. Time will tell. Number four, make three pieces of original clothing and one DIY or upcycle per month. This is so hard. Oh my gosh, you think just even upcycling something is a lot faster and easier to do, but it takes a lot of planning and a lot of time. I think of Susanna from episode two, how she was able to make a leather jacket out of a couch. And I'm just thinking that is so much work and that is so much time. So this cadence of doing one per month absolutely did not happen. Um, I've, I think a lot more realistic perspective now on the time it takes to make an original piece of clothing or upcycle something. Uh, so we'll see how that goes for 2020. Uh, I am working on my own handbag right now. I feel really good about that. I did do a couple upcycles last year. They're available on the Hand Me Up Club website. It just wasn't the cadence I was hoping for. So kind of like a half point for this one. I'm not keeping track of points though. If you are, if you're tallying it as you sit on the subway listening to this, feel free to let me know how I did. Uh, 
Number five, start carrying reusable utensils with me. Uh, I have them. I order them. They are sometimes in my purse, but I am so bad about remembering to take them with me because it's just not something that I've been doing my whole life. And so you think keys, phone, wallet. You don't also think keys, phone, wallet, straw, fork, spoon, knife, all the utensils you might need. So I need to improve on remembering to take them with me when I leave so that I do not need to get them while I am out in the world. Good thing is my office has a lot of reusable things. So I'm not having to go through a bunch of single use products each day, but you know, get better at it. Make it more of a practice that just becomes second nature. Number six, implement more sustainable practices into my beauty and skincare routines. And this one, I totally get a password. I'm super excited about it. I started using reusable wipes and have used bar shampoos a couple of times throughout the year. And I've started using more sustainable products just in my skincare routine, largely from Lolly Beauty which is a skincare company that makes products from sustainable food grade items and they have compostable packaging. And then I've also started using this eye cream from this other brand called One Ocean, which uses sustainably sourced marine ingredients for their items. And they also have recyclable packaging. And that one is now available in Nordstrom. So it's a little more accessible, something to check out. And I'm really happy with both of those products and being able to sort of revamp my routine to be more sustainable this year. Number seven, learn how to properly darn socks. Uh, no, it didn't happen. I've stitched up so many holes that I've gotten in socks this year to kind of keep them chugging along, but I did not learn how to properly darn. That's another goal for another day. I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there that I just need to spend three minutes watching. So pretty sad that I didn't get that done, but I will. I'm calling myself out again. I will learn how to darn socks. 2020. Number eight, <laughs> add more plants to my home. Okay, this has been on my list for a while. And I purchased a bunch of huge flowers and plants for my patio this year. And then they all died within a week. Clearly, I do not have a green thumb. It would be so nice if I did. My apartment would feel so leafy and bohemian and that would be amazing. But I am clearly not there yet. Need to work on that. Number nine, continue gifting sustainably minded gifts with reusable packaging. Um, many of the birthday gifts I gave this year had reusable fabric packaging and were also pretty sustainable. And a lot of the holiday gifts I gave this year were also sustainable. You know, I gave pair of Rothy's. I gave some sustainable candles, jewelry from R plus D. I feel really great about all those, but I did not have the bandwidth to be hand stitching fabric wrapping for all the gifts I had this year. So I largely just stuck to recyclable craft paper and bio-based tape or using bags that could be reused. You do the best you can. I feel good about this one. Um, number 10, last one, cut back on plastic bottle purchases and get a bottle cutter. I definitely cut back on plastic bottle purchases. I also did not get a bottle cutter though. So this one's kind of a half point. I feel good about it. A lot of just sort of taking water bottles, reusing products, getting reusable cups for coffee shops that I go to every day. Um, I feel good cutting back on the plastic bottle purchases. Just did not get a bottle cutter. That's another goal. It's gonna roll over to 2020. And of course, 2020, it's going to have a whole bunch of its own goals and own sustainable practices. And I will not talk you through all of them right now. But if you want to read more in depth about what those are, you can go to the Hand Me Up Club website. That's www.handmeup.club. 
Instagram hates this link. Facebook hates this link. Apparently, dot .club is not an extension that they recognize or think is real. But I assure you, www.hammyup.club, all the info's there. Please check it out. Da -da -da. Okay, so now it's time for Q&A. The other week, I posed the question on my personal and also on the Hand Me Up Club Instagram, what questions do you have about sustainable fashion? Even if I don't know the answer, I will look it up and I will research it. So with that, here are the answers to the sustainable fashion questions I received. So the first question, it came from my friend and listener of the podcast, Cynthia. And this is actually from a little while back. It was after the mall episode with Dan Delana. And she said, while listening to your latest episode at the mall, I realized I don't know when looking at a label, which would be the most sustainable materials to buy. Could you make a list from best to worst types of materials or share a link? As an example, I bought a jacket at a sample sale the other day. There was no tag, but the base, uh, based on the feel of the satin fabric, I thought it was probably silk. If so, it would definitely not be vegan, but it would be a natural material. I ended up Googling the jacket this morning, and it's actually made of polyester, which I think is plastic, and acetate. No clue what that is. So is worm death better than earth death? Or earth death by earth death by plastic? Well, uh, or is plastic better for the earth than worm death? Especially since there seems to be a lot of false advertising with brands claiming to be more sustainable than they actually are. I don't know which things to actually be looking for. And I feel like there are so many factors at play. Treatment, pay of workers, recycled or new materials, materials that would otherwise be thrown away, the amount of water, fuel, etc. used to produce and ship the item, toxic chemicals used to produce the item, is it organic, is it vegan, how long, if ever, would it take to decompose, how long it will last and be usable, etc. Alright, thank you so much, Cynthia. That is a super long question, so many parts, but I love it, and we're going to deep dive on this, so let's break it down. If you are looking at tags on clothing, just like Dan and I were doing in the mall episode, there are some good, more sustainable materials that you can try and look for on the tags. So the first one I would suggest would be tensile, which is made from wood pulp. Another one that's less common, but also sustainable would be Pinatex, which is made from pineapple leaves. Uh, Econol, which is made from recycled industrial plastics. Lyocell, which is kind of like the generic version of tensile. Like, tensile is to Q-tip as lyocell is to cotton swab, that sort of thing. Um, it's also made from wood pulp. Uh, there's modal, which is made from trees. Um, some people have suggested that it's linked to deforestation, but uh, this isn't necessarily proven because some of the forests that it allegedly comes from are protected. Or, not necessarily protected, but they are certified for this. So, take it with a grain of salt. Um, anything that's listed as recycled, such as a recycled polyester, um, organic cotton, it's used to be made with less water, so it's a little better for the planet, um, hemp, bamboo, these are great things. Um, I'll post a link that sort of deep dives on all these specific fabrics on the episode guide so you can see that, but that would just be top of mind, good sustainable fabrics to look for if you're just checking out tags. I would say, don't be fooled by viscose rayon. So a lot of brands, as you kind of said, there's a lot of brands trying to be more sustainable or say they're more sustainable than they really are. This is, I think, where a lot of them try and fool you. Um, EcoCult, that website has a really good write-up on how it's kind of a trick. But basically, viscose rayon, it's sort of at its very base made from bamboo. 
So some brands will try and pretend they're really sustainable by saying we're made out, this is made out of bamboo, it's a bamboo fabric. But the thing is, viscose rayon is not just a bamboo fabric. At the point where it's viscose and it's rayon and it's getting to the consumer, it's not just bamboo. It has had a ton of chemicals added to it. And these chemicals are really bad for the people. To the point that there are no rayon manufacturers in the United States because it's impossible to comply with the rules set by the EPA in making rayon. So, if you see viscose, you see rayon, it's really easy to think, oh my gosh, that's a sustainable fabric. It's made from bamboo. This is a good product. Again, take that with a grain of salt because there's a lot of stuff added to it that is not so great for the people making it. And, you know, why would you want to put that on your body? Um, let's talk about that specific jacket, your example. Um, looking into your specific jacket, yes, silk is considered a fairly sustainable fabric because it's a natural fiber. It can be grown and harvested sustainably. However, some companies still process it or dye it with not so great chemicals. Um, the mulberry trees that silkworms are on, they may or may not be grown in a great way. Um, or the silkworms might be ripped from them in a not-so-great way. Um, so there's a lot of things to sort of unpack just with silk and its own. I'm not going to go on a huge thing about that. I think everyone's got their own opinion on vegan materials, so I'll let them deep dive if it's something they care about. But that's silk. Um, it can be great, but it also probably is going to, again, like viscose ran, be using a lot of materials and chemicals and dyes that aren't so great and aren't so sustainable. So that's just something to consider. Uh, but as far as the jacket that you have, it's made of polyester and acetate. So polyester is probably what the actual jacket's made out of. My guess is that acetate's probably a zipper or buttons um, because polyester, as I'm sure you are aware, it's just a synthetic pl plastic fiber, um, very much like a fabric. It's used in the majority of clothing. Um, it's getting really easy to recycle. So if your jacket was made of recycled polyester, that's amazing. Um, new virgin polyester is not great because it's just more plastic that we're adding to the world. But acetate, it's very hard. It's a plastic-like material. It's used in making glasses frames a lot of the time because it's really easy to bend and shape and won't splinter like actual plastic. So that's where most people experience acetate. It is a plant-based plastic, so it's generally biodegradable, but this is in the same way as viscose rayon, where it seems like it's plant-based and it seems like it's a really great thing, but to get it to go from being plants to being a zipper or glasses frames, uh, a bunch of chemicals get added, and those chemicals are acetic acid acetic anhydride and sulfuric acid and those are all really corrosive and they're kind of dangerous for people and so again acetate it seems like it could be eco-friendly because it's plant-based but it's not good for humans so i wouldn't really say it's an eco-friendly option so to answer your question is a polyester acetate jacket more sustainable than a silk jacket um no but if you're a vegan then you would probably go with the polyester acetate jacket because a silk jacket would not be vegan. So just kind of think about what your values are, what matters most to you, and using that to guide what you're going to wear and what you're going to shop for. The last part of your question statement, um, 
what things to look for, I would say go on a website for the brands that you like and look and see if they have an about us or an our story or a company page on their website and see if you can glean any validating or positive information from that. Um, Go and check out the tags when you're shopping and see what's listed on them. And if you don't recognize a material, Google it, see what you can find. And I would say just, you know, generally try and stay away from known fast fashion brands and try shopping small or local so that you have a better grasp on what the production process is and the ethics that go into that. Try and just simply shop secondhand as much as you possibly can. And that definitely helps. And sort of as a last resort, you can go on the Okatex website, which is a company that certifies how green and eco-friendly and safe and ethical a lot of factories and parts of the supply chain process are. And you can search certain brands. Um, They have a buying guide section on their website. And you can see if the brands that you really like are listed there and if they get a pass. So that's definitely an easier way to check if you've got the time. And now just for a test, because I know, Cynthia, I decided to look into Lily Pulitzer. I know that's a brand that she likes. So I went to lilypulitzer.com and they have an About Us page. And I guess this will be great. I'll find out all this information about their values and what they believe in. And it was mostly just about their brand origin. However, they do have a page on their website for the California supply chain. And they talk about how they audit their products and their facilities to ensure that they're made ethically. So that was a really nice thing to come across. Um, You just Google Lily Pulitzer, Okatex, and they have an Okatex Standard 100 certification for some of their products. So that's a pretty good sign. Um, And just through reading, reading on their supply chain page and about the Okatex Standard 100 certification, It seems like they're manufactured pretty ethically, Um, so I just decided to start clicking through some of the products on their website, and most of them are made with spandex and rayon and cotton, so not the best materials, Uh, but definitely there's a lot of transparency there, so you could click through the website and find things that are made with more sustainable materials. (laughs) It's a lot of work. Just even talking through this right now, I'm like out of breath. And it would be really hard to do that for every single brand you like. I get that. Last part, last part, I think I said that about the last section, but really, last part. How long will it take things to decompose and how do you weigh what's most important? Um, Here are some rough guidelines for different materials and how long they take to decompose. Lycra, 20 to 200 years. Nylon, 30 to 40 years. Denim, 10 to 12. Wool, 1 to 5 years. Cotton, 5 to 6 months. That's great. Uh, Rubber, 50 to 80 years, leather, 25 to 40 years. So that's a, that's a big disparity between different types of materials. And it's just so much information to consider. So like, I'm just going to keep saying, do the best you can, decide what you're going to care about, and then try to use that as a guiding principle when shopping and really just do the best you can. All right. Question number two, this came from my friend Gimlet and she had asked, What are your favorite sustainable brands to buy from that are affordable for an artist? So, hey, uh, to this, I would say the most sustainable thing to purchase would be something secondhand or thrifted. Um, It's sustainable and it's going to be affordable for an artist. Hey, Um, but if you're looking for some other brands, here are a couple that I would suggest. Um, Athleta, 
for like pants and workout clothes. Um, not the most affordable, but it is an ethical B Corp brand. So if you need activewear, you know, you can get it here instead of like Lululemon, which is, I feel like it's comparable. So like this, not that, um, from Rachel, this is an eco-friendly tights company from Canada and all their tights in this eco collection that they have are $14 and their tights are made from 99% recycled materials. So you can feel a little bit better about wearing the very unsustainable fabric of spandex. Um, Cloud and Victory, which is an ethical dancewear line. They have a bunch of really cute patterns, a bunch of really cute designs. And so if you need a leotard or something like that, this is a great place to get it from. And they're pretty averagely priced for these products. They're like $40 to $170. So not extremely cheap, but if you go to a Capizio, they run about the same price. So this at least is a really ethical, cool indie brand to get that from. Um, I really like Everlane and United by Blue. They're not fast fashion cheap by any means, but they're pretty affordable for the high quality and they do really epic sales fairly often. I think both of them have one right now. I know Everlane is definitely doing their choose what you pay event. So look into both of those. Uh, Matt and Nat handbags. They're vegan. They're in a lot of different places. They're at Nordstrom Rack. Their products are also like 60 to 140 bucks. Not super cheap, but good quality and built to last. And I think that's a pretty good price for that. Also just kind of building off of that, I think of brands that have been on the Hammy Up Club. So like Rust and Fray. If you need a duffel for going to rehearsals or audition calls, get it from there. Super affordable and upcycled bags. Love it. Um, I also really like Pact, which is good for basics. Uh, or if you need some good stage blacks and they're also very affordable. So links to all these brands, they will be on the episode guide. Check it out. Next question. This comes from my friend, Laura. Uh, she asked, is dry cleaning sustainable? Admittedly, I did not know the scientific answer to this whatsoever because I'm not a big dry cleaning person, not for any reason other than I'm cheap and busy. So admittedly, I had to look it up. Admittedly, admittedly, admittedly. Um, my first thought was yes, because anything that can extend the life of a garment you already own so that you don't have to buy something new should get a sustainable pass. But I did want to research into the process of dry cleaning and what's going on there. So the main chemical used in dry cleaning is this solvent called tetrachloroethylene. Yeah, very long. But the industry term is PERC. Now, PERC is not good for people. It's known to cause breathing problems and neurological damage. So, no, not a great, not a sustainable chemical or solvent. However, there are alternatives. These are other solvents like DF2000, which is made from hydrocarbon that is made from petroleum. So, not, you know, amazing. But they are, I guess, better than perk. Um, and then another one would be liquid carbon dioxide cleaning. But what's really considered like a better alternative to dry cleaning would be like professional wet cleaning that can use like better materials and you can use biodegradable detergents. So I would say generally 
it can be eco-friendly. There are organic dry cleaners and there are eco-friendly dry cleaners. So definitely go to those ones. Um, and if you don't have one near you, you can just ask like, are you using perk in your process or what are you using? And if they are using perk, eh, maybe don't use it and just do your best, wash your own clothes. Um, but if they aren't, then I think it's probably okay. And like I said, anything that can extend the life of something you already have so that you don't have to buy another one, that's great. Next question. This came from my friend Alba, and he said, I want to screen print t-shirts. What's a good affordable brand for blank clothes? So my first inclination would be go to a secondhand store or look for someone that's trying to offload some dead stock and work with that. I also think it'd be really cool if you bought material from, say, Fab Scrap or Queen of Raw or Threefold and you screen print onto those and then kind of maybe attach them to secondhand t-shirts or products and upcycle them with your prints. That would be awesome. But let's say you want to buy wholesale. Um, I'm not sure you might be able to buy wholesale from Pact, which is a good organic brand. Um, you can buy wholesale from Groceries Apparel, which sell good, ethical, sustainable t-shirts, and Alternative Apparel, which is a really popular custom printing brand, and they have some eco-friendly options, and you can purchase wholesale from them in the printware section of their website, and they do, all these brands also do Black Friday deals, um, obviously we're past that now, but I would assume that means they do a couple deals throughout the year, and give them a check out. That sounds like a good option if you're trying to print onto some blank materials. Next question also comes from Laura, who wants to know what happens when you donate to Goodwill and they finally get rid of unsold things. <sighs> oh my gosh, girl, don't we all want to know this? Um, this was actually really kind of the impetus for starting the Hand Me Up Club. I was reading Granta, which is a literary magazine, and there was a story about a bunch of kids on a Native American reserve, and they had all these piles of clothes that had been dumped there as donations that no one could really take, and then they get moldy, and they're just these giant decomposing mountains of rotting clothes on all these reservations. It's wild. Um, you can read all about it and see the photos on the Hand Me Up Club website. I'm also sure you can find it on Google. Um, but I wanted to really look into this for Laura. So items that are donated to Goodwill and they can't be sold, like they're broken or they're damaged or they're recalled, or they have been on the floor at Goodwill for over four weeks, then get sent to a Goodwill outlet because yes, there are outlets for Goodwill. And in fact, we have one in Long Island City in my neighborhood in Queens. And I'm sure there's probably a couple other ones in New York City as well. But at the outlets, they don't sell per item. They sell by the pound and they try and clear it as much as they can. Now the items that aren't sold at the outlets go to Goodwill auctions. <laughs> And at the auctions, people bid on those giant blue bins like you see in the Goodwill stores where you dump your donations. They will just bid on these giant bins of unknown items. It's kind of like bidding on a storage locker or those Amazon pallets of returns, that sort of thing. Now, if an item has gone through this, they've gone through the store, they were on the floor too long, they didn't get purchased at an outlet, they didn't get purchased in a bin auction then 
Goodwill tries to recycle it through this organization called SMART. But if it can't be recycled through SMART, say it's wet or it's moldy, then it gets sent to a landfill. And this is only 5% of donations, but that still adds up to 12.8 million tons of clothes. So that's crazy, and that's how we get these mountains on reservations and in landfills. Next question also comes from Album, where he says, where are good places to get biodegradable packaging alternatives? So your best option is just go package-free altogether. Am I right? Um, if you do want to do packaging, I would suggest getting like dead stock fabric to make branded dust bags and wraps and that sort of thing. Um, if it's not for, say, a dust bag and you wanted paper or wrapping, um, you can order paper that's infused with seeds. There are a couple different companies like Bloomin' and Botanical Paperworks, and you can even buy it on Etsy. Um, I'll link these on the episode guide as well. And there are also several eco-friendly shipping options with Uline, like craft paper and green line bags for little pieces. Um, if you're shipping, I'd say stick to cardboard boxes that can be more easily recycled instead of plastic mailers. Try to ship carbon neutral. I know you can do that with UPS. You could probably do that through FedEx and USPS as well. Try and limit packaging. Use boxes that are actually the right size for the item you're sending. Don't pull an Amazon. Um, do the best you can. Just do the best you can. Next question, also from Laura. Why do some fast fashion clothes last forever and then some die in one wash cycle? And admittedly with this one, I can't really find a consistent true answer because there are so many different factors at play here. What is the item? Where is it from? What is it made out of? What is the temperature and the aggressiveness of the wash cycle it's going through? How was it dried? Etc. Um, but I will say this. Fast fashion clothes are not made to last. They just aren't. Fast fashion essentially has 52 seasons with a new drop every week. So how could a consumer possibly participate in that regularly if the clothes are lasting? They're not. So they're not made to last. It's like Apple phones. Like The phones aren't made to last forever. They're made to last until the next phone comes out. But an Apple phone comes out every two years, every year. Um, whereas a fast fashion item comes out every week. So these clothes aren't made to last. They aren't really made to last more than one wash cycle. If they are, Right, so why are some lasting longer than others? Uh, luck? And that's it! That wraps up our year-end review of the Hand Me Up Club, the first Q&A episode. I hope you learned something. I certainly did in researching the answers to the questions that I didn't already know, and I'm feeling really good. Uh, if you have a question or a comment, uh, send it to me at hammyupclub at gmail.com or you can message me at hammyupclub on Instagram. I end every episode with a hammy up and I'm the only one here this week. So it's gonna come from me. And I would just say my hammy up is I had a lot of big goals for 2019 and for sustainability in my own personal life. And some of them happened and some of them didn't. And I could feel really shitty about that and like I failed, but I'm not going to because doing the best I can. And that's all of us. That's all we can do. Just do the best you can. We can't all be perfectly sustainable all the time. Maybe you can't revamp your entire 
skincare procedure, but maybe you can add in one sustainable product and that makes a difference. Maybe you're not going to stop drinking Coke, but you can buy cans or glass bottles instead of plastic bottles. All these little things that we can all do, they add up. So I would just say, do a little thing. My hand me up would be, don't go crazy. Don't try and revamp your entire life to be more sustainable because that's not a sustainable practice. You're going to burn out and it's just not going to happen. But if you can find one little thing that you can do in your life, that will make a big difference. This has been 2019. I am really excited for 2020 and I will talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Hand Me Up Club is hosted by Lindsay Ruter, recorded and engineered by Adam Zucker, and edited by Caitlin Correa at CC Media.